When Ron and Diane Lewis get married, Diane jokingly says her middle name is what? Answer at the end of the episode. The citizens of Pawnee. I would like to go on record. Speaking as a citizen of Pawnee. Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massages. Treat yourself. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. My mom's Puerto Rican. That's why I'm so lively and colorful. Says you could have network connectivity problems. Jogging is the worst, Chris. I mean, I know it keeps you healthy, but God, at what cost? Dr. Harris, you are literally the meanest person I've ever met. Dad, Gary, Jerry, Larry, Gergich, Gengerich. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you. Hey, hey, welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. This is episode number 66, being recorded Monday, April 24th, 2023. And today I'm going to be talking about season two, episode four, practice date. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. And just a reminder that this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. So, man... This is like weird to bring up, but I'll just, you know, for the hell of it, why not? So I think about like last night, I couldn't, I couldn't fall asleep. It was really weird. I just, I don't know. I didn't like have anything on my mind or anything. I just, I couldn't fall asleep. So as you know, I'm in bed, laying next to my wife. Our dog is at the end of the bottom of the bed, you know, just taking up so much room. And it's just like, I think that's probably what was keeping me up just because I couldn't get comfortable because of how much room she was taking up. And it just really had me thinking, when did people decide that it, like it was okay to like everything in general? It's like the first person that was like, I'm going to fucking let this, this thing sleep on my bed and hope it doesn't kill me at night. Cause you know, like, and this just, it kind of had me thinking then you go back, geez, man, however long, people have had pets like how much fucking trial and error there must have been in the process of people figuring out what could and couldn't be a pet like how many people had scorpions climbing around stinging them you know and and shit like that like boa constrictors you know but i mean because it's just so weird that there are some animals you know of course like animals like animals, like animals, cats, dogs, guinea pigs, things like that, that are human friendly. And I mean, you know, it's not like it's crazy that some, some animals just some are and really no, not, not no, but I mean, like most animals aren't aggressive by nature. It's just, you know, whether they're hunting or whatever, but I mean, like most of them aren't human aggressive unless they're being provoked. But I mean, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Cause again, just thinking about that, it's like, man, this, this dog just laying in my bed, like when, I, yeah, I mean, like, cause I, I'm, I'm sure it didn't go well for the first person that tried to befriend a dog. He probably got his ass kicked. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just things that make you go, hmm. Or maybe that things that just make me go, hmm. Um, I was also thinking since I couldn't fall asleep, doesn't it, it like, it's like a kick in the stomach when you're trying to go to sleep, like you're literally like you've turned the TV, everything off, your eyes are closed, you're trying to go to sleep. 
and then you're still yawning. Isn't that just like adding insult to injury? It's like your body telling you, it's like, hey, dipshit, go to sleep. And you're like, dude, I'm fucking trying. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was thinking, it's like, you're so tired. It's like, why am I still yawning? Why haven't I just fallen asleep? Oh, man. We just went for a walk um, with uh, my dog. Well, me, the girls, and uh, Lucy, we went for a walk. And that was another, like, just stupid thing. Um, I was just thinking when I was telling my wife, I'm like, hey, we're going to take her for a walk. And, like, what if Lucy got super excited because she thought we were taking her for, like, a walk, like a W-O-K, like, to go get a new pan so she could make stir fry. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm on a roll. Let's get to some filler. Everything he's saying is nonsense, and he's fooling them. So for filler this week, I wanted to talk about uh, The Mandalorian season three finale uh spoilers if you watch this show i'm going to spoil some stuff right now not like a not everything but but some stuff but anyway i was really really happy with this finale i thought it was great this was a two-parter and i did talk about that last week how i hate it when shows say like to be continued when it's one story anyway and you're like no shit (laughs) you know like i know it's gonna be continued you know but anyway so this I I loved it. Like I said, I mean, this episode just had tons of action. It looked fantastic. I mean, like you could see that Disney Star Wars money there. I mean, for this one, just the CGI and and I know Disney has I I can't, I know they use it mostly for the Star Wars stuff, but like they have a dome. If I, I'm trying to remember exactly what like what I've heard, it it's it's basically like a green screen, but it's you go inside of it. It's like yeah, and it's like a dome, so they can literally instead of just a background where it's like oh I'm in the jungle, they can actually have this whole thing like around you, like a jungle basically. So you can film inside there, and you're always gonna no matter which way you turn, there's gonna be a backdrop. Like you don't have to just stay on one side. It's pretty dope, but. Yeah, I mean, you can just tell like how good everything looks at. It's like they're clearly using this thing and they're doing a great job with it. <laughs> there was there was a really funny part, like for anyone who did watch the episode, if you're familiar with the the older, the original trilogy, uh, not the prequels, uh, the originals, uh, episodes four, five and six. The I can't remember which one it was, but the part when R2 is trying to maybe it's the first one. When R2 is trying to um, get them out of the trash compactor and he's like using the, you know, the, I don't know, the, like the key. So then there's the little, uh, I think they're called mouse droids. There's a the little thing that like, it looks like a little truck, but it's hysterical because it looks like a truck like your kid would play with. And these things just like, they're like security and they just drive around and they beep and they just like alert, you know, like, but anyway, so in the in the Mandalorian in this episode, R5, another um, unit, was doing that same exact thing. And it was just, it was so fucking funny. Like, I haven't laughed out loud at this show maybe ever. But this part here where he's doing this, or the little, the droid's doing this, and then this little mouse thing comes over, and it's on four wheels, you know, and it's like, me, me, and like, it's little sirens start going off, and R5 just like zaps it, so it, it goes away. So then the next time they show R5, this thing comes back and it's got like four little buddies with it. Like they're all, and these are, they're like, they're droids. I mean, like they're not a lot, like they, I guess they're communicating with each other, but it's so funny. So like five of these things come and it's like, that's what's so funny about it. When this thing, like if this thing's security or whatever, 
when it needs to get help, it just goes and gets more of these stupid things because they're just completely pointless. Like they don't do anything. So the five of them just kind of start butting him. And yeah, it's awesome. And he just like, he propels himself up and knocks a few of them over the side. But it was just such a funny scene because again, if this is the thing that goes around all day and is like kind of checking on stuff, when, when something bad is happening, who does he report to? Because it just looks to me like it just goes and gets more of his little friends. So uh, I don't know. I just I thought that was hysterical. But um, there was a lot of fan service in this episode. So like, you know, no. And there were so many theories. Actually, I'll get to the fan service in a second. But all the theories that were going around because they kind of teased, not even teased us. They kind of just screwed with us, actually, because episode seven, which was part one of the finale, was called The Spies. So you're like, okay, like th- who are the spies? And and I guess there's there's an obvious one, it, which is I don't even remember the character's name. It's that woman, the one that works for the Empire. Who like who cares? She had that one stupid episode. Actually, she had like a couple episodes. But um, no, a lot of people thought that the armorer was gonna be um, like was gonna turn, or that Axe Wolves was gonna turn, or who knows, maybe even um, Bo Katan. But no one did. So it was pretty awesome. It was a good finale. And like all the Mandalorians were working together and just seeing them in like air battle was so badass. And like Bo-Katan and yeah, the armorer, like just flying down, not really even using their guns, like Bo-Katan using the dark saber and then the armorer using like her big ass fucking hammer. But it was, it was just such a cool ass episode and it looks like they finally got their planet back. Uh, we didn't get to see the, the the mythosaur, so I was wrong about that. I thought we were going to see the mythosaur come out at the end. And like, I thought Grogu was going to get to ride it. Um, but actually, they did have a little bit. Well, actually, I don't know. People are saying, because at the very end of the episode, they're, they're back in the temple, like where they, uh, I think they were in like episode one when Din fell in to the um <laughs> which it was like Game of Thrones where like when they, they when you get on a beach like that episode where Jamie was riding on his horse on a beach and he fell off the horse and all of a sudden he was like submerged in like the middle of the ocean. But uh, what the hell am I even talking about? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, like Grogu looked in the water and it like showed a kind of zoom underwater and then it showed the mythosaur wake up. But I don't know. It wasn't like a very cool reveal because we already saw that in the episode when Bo-Katan realized it was under there. So I don't know. That was, if I did have a complaint in the episode, it would be that it was just kind of like, Oh, that was like anticlimactic. Like I thought we were going to get to see this thing. So yeah, it looks like they're just going to be, you know, Din Djarin and Grogu are just going to be kind of doing what they've been doing for the last two seasons. And they're just, cause I don't know. It's so like, ambiguous right now like if they're doing a fourth season like i've heard it's in development but then i've also heard that this is it because it does it seemed like even in the episode here they said to him it's just like okay you and you and your little friend can go back on your adventures like almost like it was telling us the viewer like okay this is what you're going to be getting from here on out so i don't know it was a little confusing but it was it was an awesome episode so that's all i'll say about that after i've already spoiled all of it um so I'm watching uh, Evil Dead Rise right now. I'm like in the middle of it. I just paused it. I'm going to go back to it because we're talking about it on my other podcast, Horrorcopia. But holy shit. <laughs> now, Evil Dead Rise is the brand new one that just came out in theaters. Uh, it's 
if you haven't, so Evil Dead, obviously the the very popular horror series with Bruce Campbell. They they did a remake in 2013 with Jane Levy, and we reviewed that one last week. Or actually, it's a brand new episode. It just came out for the for the podcast. So I hadn't watched it in a while, and that one was pretty pretty rough. And then just watching this brand new one, it's like, oh my god! I mean, like it's it's just a dark, like just bleak movie. Um, but again, I'm not even done with it, so maybe I'll I'll give you an actual review for it next week. Um, but yeah, so let's just go ahead and talk about Practice Date, which is season two, episode four, which was directed by Alex Hardcastle. Written by Greg Daniels, Michael Schur, and Harris Widows. All right, so for our cold open, we meet the one and only Councilman Dexart, played by Kevin Simons. Dexart is the first of many councilmen we will meet. Here, the Parks crew is watching him give a press conference about some of his transgressions. And to my wife, I apologize. All I can say is, I wasn't just having sex. I was making love to a beautiful woman and her boyfriend. And a third person whose name I never learned. Furthermore, it was wrong of me to say I was building houses for the underprivileged when I was actually having four-way sex in a cave in Brazil. In my defense, it was my birthday. And um, this will be a running joke throughout the series, uh, Dex Art's sex addiction, which is, uh, it's just, it's insane. I mean, like how much he gets away with, but... Leslie goes on to say that she's not interested in his private life, just what he does as a councilman, which is actually very, very contradictory to when Leslie decides that she wants to. And this is in season six after she gets uh, recalled. She decides she wants to run again. And everyone's like, what are you nuts? You want to run against Dexart? And she's like, I don't care about that scumbag. I got so much dirt on him. So it's, yeah, it's weird for her in this one to be like, I don't care about that. All I care. And she even says like, or actually maybe it's Ben that says it later that he has, he's like very dirty. Like he, the way his, his elections go and stuff. And that's why he actually has just like, his numbers are good and everything like, but he's, he's like a real piece of shit. So uh, Mark comments that no one should ever run for public office because you're just asking for your entire life to be exposed. Tom says that if you have nothing to worry about, you're good. Mark then points out that Tom is a married man who hits on women all the time, to which Tom pathetically boasts that he's never actually sealed the deal. So that is actually another cold open that deals with the episode. I always, I feel like I'm always saying like none of these things ever do, but then every other one's like, yeah, this one actually does. So I'm, I'm full of it. All right. So into the, uh, we move into the episode. Mark gets an idea that um, he and the rest of the parks crew, well, everyone that's in there, Mark, Ron, Tom, Donna, April, and a very reluctant Jerry are going to play a game to see who can dig up the most dirt on everyone else. Leslie shows up with Officer Dave. Uh, yeah, she's still with the Louis C.K.'s character. Uh, he immediately tells everyone that Jerry already has a few public urination tickets. Jerry's already kind of like, oh, I already told him I, I don't want to play. So he just kind of storms off. Then we find out that tomorrow night is going to be Leslie and Dave's first date, and she is very, very nervous. We then see Anne, who is there to have lunch with Leslie, but not before seeing Mark, where she basically shames him for playing this game. There's not even like a hint of sarcasm or playfulness here. I just feel like she really does not like Mark. It's it's weird. I mean, like this is only episode four, and they break up in like, I don't know, the, the end of this season, but it's what, episode 22? So they date this entire season 
And I just, I never got any vibes that Anne actually liked Mark. At least like, I, I don't know. It's just weird. Like it's, it's just a, a generic relationship and obviously it's supposed to look that way. Maybe she was just doing a really good job acting or maybe they just, they kind of wrote it to look like this because they wanted him to be the more, you know, and that's how it kind of turns out, which is why he actually kind of turns into the more pathetic character because he's just like, Oh, I don't understand why we broke up. But yeah, she, cause he's walking down the hallway and he's like in a good mood, you know? And she's like, Hey, how are you? I'm here to see Leslie. And he's like, Oh, I'm, and I'm digging up on my uh, digging dirt up on my friends. And she's like, oh, my tax money pays your salary. Right. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, mm, great. Like, again, it like it seems like she's genuinely like just another reason to like not like Mark. Leslie and Anne have lunch and then they head to Anne's to find something for Leslie to wear for the date. Because, yeah, they're <laughs> they're having <laughs> they're having lunch and Leslie's like super nervous. And she just goes, oh, you know, or actually Anne offers to let her uh, borrow something. She's like, yeah, we can go after work. And Leslie's like, oh, oh, we have to wait till after work. She's like, okay, or we could go now. So they go over there. Back in the office, Tom keeps boasting about how there's no dirt on him. Just then, Ron shows everyone pictures of Tom dressed in what they keep calling Taliban robes, <laughs> which is so, it's just, it's funny like that they're actually, I mean, granted with 9-11 and everything, this was way after that, but just how Ron, like they actually, they're using the name Taliban robes. Like they keep just saying that, not just robes or anything like that. So uh, they all laugh and they they like call him out on it. But he, what's even funnier is that he just says it's when he was dressed as a Jedi for Halloween, which actually does make sense with the picture because he does, he looks like, like when he says that he does look like he's a Jedi. And also he's got his hands up like he's trying to do the force. <laughs> so it's a good picture. So then Tom announces... And this is obviously because Ron called them out on the Taliban robes. Tom's just like, Ron has not one, but two ex-wives, each named Tammy. And <laughs> I can't, does Tom say it? One of them also has, or actually I think Ron does. He looks over and he's like, he says that his mom's name is Tammy as well. And then he says to Tom, that was a Jaeger secret. Yeah, this actually, which is kind of funny with Tom announcing that Ron has not one but two ex-wives each named Tammy. I feel like everyone in this room knew that. He could have just been like making fun of him, but for Ron to actually get upset and say that was a Jaeger secret, like who the hell in this room doesn't know that he's, you know, because they all know Tammy too. And well, again, yeah, maybe, maybe Donna's the only one like I talked about before. Donna might be the only one who actually knows who Tammy one is, but anyway. All right, uh, so we cut over to Anne's house. Leslie is trying on outfits while she nervously and irrationally keeps coming up with horrible scenarios for how the night could go. Uh, when Anne points out how insane Leslie is acting, she tells us that all these bad scenarios have actually happened. She then gives us a few more. Uh, no, there's more. Uh, one time I accidentally drank an entire bottle of vinegar. I thought it was terrible wine. Once I went out with a guy who wore 3D glasses the entire evening. Oh, one time I rode in a sidecar on a guy's motorcycle and the sidecar detached and went down a flight of stairs. Another time I went to a really boring movie with a guy and while I was asleep, he tried to pull out one of my teeth. I literally woke up with his hand in my mouth. We went out a couple times after that, but then he got weird. <laughs> it's so good. Then he got weird. Uh, and decides that uh, Leslie and her should go on a practice date. So she's just going to, you know, she's like, screw it. We'll just do this tonight. I'll act like I'm Dave. 
So uh, later on, they meet at a bar. Leslie is terrible at this, and her nerves are making her act very foolish. So Anne puts pressure on Leslie right away, and she's like, just just ask me the first thing that comes to your mind. Leslie's like starting to get all nervous and flustering. She's like, come on, Leslie, just what's the first thing? What's the first thing in your mind? And Leslie just goes, how big is it? <laughs> and just like, really? <laughs> I love that one. So uh, back at the office, Tom asks Donna if uh, she hates black people, which is like, what? Okay, this is this is weird. Uh, he found that found out that back in 1988, she donated money to the presidential campaign for David Duke. If you're unfamiliar with uh, that piece of shit, he is a white supremacist and he's like one of the founding KKK members. Uh, she says that it was because he uh, he promised that he would lower taxes. So <laughs> that's just kind of funny there because I think that is more so like, yeah, I know you're a piece of shit, but whatever. Like if, if I'm going to have to pay less money. So uh, all of a sudden, Wendy, Tom's wife, shows up and the, the two of them take off. But not before like Tom does more of the, hey, it's my wife, Wendy. Look at how hot she is. And she's a doctor. And you always feel bad for like Wendy because she's always just like, OK, Tom, like kind of like and you'll find out, obviously, moving forward that they're not married. And actually, you'll find that out in this episode. But so it's it's amazing how much stuff she puts up with and probably hates this guy so much, you know, well. Plus, he's a creep. So uh, when the two leave, Ron immediately mentions how their relationship doesn't make any sense, that Wendy is a 7.4 and that Tom is a 3.8. And I think this is like this gets Ron thinking one about, OK, something's off here. Maybe I could find some dirt on this. Also, though, him because again, Ron like moves in on her very quickly after their divorce. I think it's like the same episode, actually. And it's so, yeah, it's almost some foreshadowing here, which actually there's a part coming up that definitely foreshadows it. Uh, we're back at the bar for the practice date and hilariously starts acting like the worst date in history. Her acting is so good here. Uh, yeah, Rashida Jones is just hilarious acting like just like a prick. So she tells Leslie things like, uh, well, Leslie comes up. She's like, hey, how are you? And uh, Anne, you know, playing, well, she's playing Dave, but she's clearly nothing like Dave. She's just being like rude and shit on purpose. But she's like chewing gum or something. She's just like, you're late. And Leslie's just trying to explain. And she's just like, I can see your nipples through your dress. <laughs> and then, yeah, she said that uh, she asks her, which is weird. She's like, she acts like her phone's ringing. And she asks like if Leslie would be interested in a threesome which is hilarious. And that's actually what kind of pisses Leslie off, but we'll get to that in a second. So Anne tells us in a talking head that she's using exposure therapy on Leslie, which is essentially just, you know, if you're afraid of dogs, we're going to throw you in a room with 50 dogs and we're going to, you're going to deal with it. If you're afraid of a, a bad date, we're going to throw you right into a bad date and you're going to deal with it. So that's exactly what she's doing. So this is where Leslie says, and I know I, I mentioned this last week in when I was talking about things uh, in this show that rhyme with Orp. So when she's uh, when Anne is asking Leslie, she's like, "Oh yeah, you're late. Where were you?" Leslie's talking about how she had to drop off her her niece, and she's like, "What's her name?" And Leslie says that her niece's name is Torpal. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, like I said, I pointed that out uh, last week. So Leslie gets flustered and she runs to the bathroom or the Wiz Palace, as she nervously calls it. I would I was going to say that this is kind of a running joke, but it's actually she does use this a couple times throughout the series. But like later on when Dave comes because Dave leaves uh, in a few episodes, he'll be done. 
And he comes back in season four or five. I think it's season four when Leslie and Ben are dating. So it's actually a really funny Ben episode because he's all awkward. But um, yeah, I think in that episode, she might call it the Wiz Palace again. So it's kind of like her and Dave's thing, which is weird to say. So, all right. Now, <laughs> this is one of the... I, 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 I feel like I say it so often and it's just because I love this show so much, but this is one that everyone knows about, especially if you're a fan of the show. One of the single cringiest moments in Parks and Rec history. Hey, Mark. Um, a little birdie told me that you have one unpaid parking ticket. That's funny because a little birdie told me that your adoptive mother was arrested for marijuana possession. <laughs> what? You didn't know that, huh? I didn't know I was adopted. Oh, no. Oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. I'm so sorry. I really didn't want to play. That was not my intention. It's not your fault. He totally baited you with that unpaid parking ticket. Oh, my God, Tom. He totally baited you with that parking ticket. That's just... That, that is so rough. And I, that, that was the first... I, I think so, like in the series so far, that's the first like really big thing, like with Jerry, where you're like, <laughs> when, when you when like, it's kind of all downhill from here. So uh, just then Ron yells for Tom to come into his office and tells him that he knows Tom is in a green card marriage. Now, Tom actually plays this very smartly and he denies it. And he's like, no, I was born in South Carolina thinking that, you know, like maybe Ron was just trying to pull something out of his ass. Just like, oh, maybe he's uh, maybe he's not legal. However, his wife, Wendy, was born in Canada and her visa was set to expire the day before their wedding. She needed to stay but couldn't get a permit. So Tom did her the favor uh, and it worked out for both of them. So Tom got to have her as like the beautiful wife and she got to stay in America. So it's really good. Yeah. When Ron calls this out on him and he's just like, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your wife. And just like as he's kind of Ron's revealing all this stuff, you just see Tom like kind of shrinking almost like as a, like inside. He's just like, oh, no. Like so Tom, he, he basically he begs Ron not to say anything. And Ron says he's not going to say anything under one condition. Tom's like, what's the condition? And, and Ron's just like tonight. I'll have your wife. Like, the way he says it is so good. Because even Tom's face is just like, what the fuck? And he's just like, no, I'm just joking. Get out of here. But that's what, uh, that's definitely uh, some foreshadowing there because we know that these two will uh, sleep together at least because we see Ron wearing his, uh, the red shirt, which uh, we haven't seen yet, I don't think, but his red Tiger Wood shirt and he wears it after he gets laid and there's a part where he's wearing it and then Tammy comes walking in. That's when Tom's dating Lucy and like he put, he fucks that one up because he, he can't get over Wendy. But anyway, so yeah, um, there's a little foreshadowing. Um, okay. And then, uh, it's also the start of another running joke, which is, uh, Ron's love for games and scavenger hunts. So, what I'm saying here is that basically, yeah, I didn't like say it, but when he's talking to Tom, he, Tom, he talks about how much detective work he did and he gets so excited and he's like, admit it, admit it. I bested you. And then kind of also, I guess from uh, back from like episode two or whatever it is when they were playing Scrabble. So Ron, you can see is very competitive and yeah, we find out later that he loves scavenger hunts, but like this, this is kind of similar to that because you have to like think and he had to like actually dig up on Tom, you know, dig some dirt up on Tom to find all this stuff. So back to the practice date. 
Anne says one of my favorite lines of all time <laughs> when she uh, pretends to take a call and says, oh, I'm on a date with this total drip. Just the way she says drip, it's so good. So uh, Leslie finally gets pissed off and she finally calls out Anne and she's just like, why are you being so mean? It's just a date. And then Anne reveals that that was her plan to get Leslie to realize that it's just that, a date. So Leslie then calms down and uh, what is she? She's like, you coy bastard or something. I'm pretty sure she calls her a coy bastard. But uh, so we're in uh, Mark's office and Tom is trying to get any dirt on Ron that he can. I love this part because Tom walks in and he's just like, hey, Mark, you hate Ron, right? <laughs> and Mark's just like, no, I think Ron is perfectly fine. And Tom's just like, all right, great. So we're on the same page. Mark does like a confused look. So this part is kind of shitty, actually. So this is another one where I can see why people don't like Mark. He tells Tom that a man named Duke Silver might be able to help him out to get to dig, you know, to get dirt on um, on Ron. So Tom obviously has no idea what this is. And this one, and I and I have to say it because I, I talked about it in the episode with uh, or the 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 pilot episode when Mark cashed in on a favor. And I don't know if this, like, if this is it, like if he, if he maybe just like broke that promise with, uh, with, with Ron, because I thought that maybe that was why Ron owed him is that Mark knew he was Duke Silver and he hasn't told anyone. That's just my theory. So I don't know. It just seems kind of shitty to me, but I think at this point, Mark was checked out of the game because of what happened with Jerry and they, like how he just completely destroyed him there. So yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of shitty of him. So he tells Tom that, uh, yeah, he's like, there's a man named Duke Silver at a bar in Eagleton. And if you talk to him, he'll let you know. So I just had to ask, is this the only bar in Eagleton? Because Mark did not tell him what bar it was. We'll find out later that it's Cozy's bar, but he didn't tell him that. So Tom just happens to know which one it is. So I guess, uh, good guess. Uh, back to Leslie and Anne. Now they just, they're, they're going to go to a bar just to get kind of fucked up. They just feel like getting drunk. So uh, Leslie then, hours later, she goes over to Dave's house unexpectedly, still very drunk. So we cut back over to Cozy's Bar in Eagleton, where Tom asks the bartender where he can find Duke Silver. And he's like, hey, I'm looking for Duke Silver. Do you know where he is? And the bartender is just like, uh, yeah, he's about to take the stage. So we see for the very first time, Duke Silver, played by Nick Offerman, played by Ron Swanson. Yep, uh, Duke Silver, which is his uh, alter ego, who is like a, uh, no, he's not a crooner. He doesn't sing, but he uh, he plays the, the saxophone and he's got uh, the Duke Silver Trio, which is his band. And he's just like, women love him. And it's so funny when you see him up there talking on stage, it's just like, walk with me, live with me, love with me. Come on, come on, babies. You know, just like that kind of stuff. It's so incredible. So he goes on and he plays his set and everything. And it's awesome. I mean, like, it's just, it's so funny seeing him like that. And the the, the, the song that starts off is... Which if that wasn't obvious, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. By foreigner. All right. So we cut back to Dave's house. Leslie is acting very belligerent. So he offers to take her home. This is like a, like, it, I don't know. It's just like a weird scene. Like Leslie's just acting like, I don't know. It's just, it's, mm, 
Seems like almost like they didn't need to put this in there. So we cut back to Mark, who is still at work for some reason. Like we know it's it's got to be like 11, 11.30. Who knows why the hell he's still at work? But I mean, like at least they do show outside, like it's dark out. But he um, he looks over on the news and they show a little more about Councilman Dexhart, like how he's, you know, just more of his scandalous stuff going on. And uh, so he decides he's going to go over to Ann's house and he just starts all of a sudden, like when she opens the door, he talks about how when he was uh, 16 years old, he had sex with one of his teachers and he smoked a ton of pot in college. And, you know, she's just like, what the hell are you doing? And he tells her, you know, he's just like, I just, I, I like in the midst of everything that's going on, he just wanted Anne to know everything that he's done. So it didn't come up. And to me, it just seems like really self-righteous of him. Like, oh my God, like, Again, they've been dating for like, I don't know, a month, but I don't know. It's just, I, I say so many contradictory things because it's like, I can understand too, because Mark really is invested in this relationship. And you find out later, that's why Anne's not really, because she's just like, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's really funny. Uh, Anne is almost just like, like basically though, she has in her mind, like, I don't care about any of this. Like, you know, again, it's, it's like 1130. So can you please get the hell off my porch. And, uh, so she's just like, all right, whatever. You know, I, I really appreciate you telling me that stuff. And he asks her, do you have anything you want to tell me? And in another hilarious Rashida jo Jones delivery, she's just like, uh, yeah, one time a guy showed up at my house to brag about sleeping with his teacher. So I shot him. And he's like, okay, I will see you later. And he just leaves. So love that one. Uh, back at cozy's bar, Duke is wrapping up his set as, Tom reveals that he knows Ron's secret and it's awesome because he's Ron is um, he's autographing something, you know, he signed in something for, for a woman and Tom just comes up from behind. I forgot what he says, but Ron doesn't even turn around cause he knows it's him. He's just like, Oh, so he finally does like slowly turn around and Ron's just like, all right. Yeah. He's telling him he got him. And there's this woman that comes up. She wants to take a picture with Duke silver. So Tom's like, here, I'll take the picture. And she's like, say, I bested you on three. And the woman's like super confused. And she's just like, okay. Whatever. But yeah, these two agree that they're going to keep each other secret. So Tom will not tell anyone that Ron is Duke Silver. And then um, Ron's not going to tell that Tom is in a green card marriage. So the next day at the parks department, Leslie tells Tom about what happened with Dave. And um, he shows up at the office anyway with some of her stuff that she left at the house. And he tells her that he's excited for their second date, which actually puts Leslie at ease. She's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, last night was our first date. So, you know, tonight's going to be our second date. And it's actually I like here that Tom actually he he like he's over being like a like a child like I'm not you know like just how whenever you would see Dave before he kept making like pig jokes and stuff like that just because Dave had to arrest him so now it's like he's finally over it so that's kind of nice all right so that's the episode but then we have the tag this is a really good one uh we cut back to April who we haven't really seen much this episode she's just kind of been in the background but she is super angry because no one has found any dirt on her and she reveals that she drove a riding lawnmower through a Nordstrom once which is hilarious because like they show the CCTV footage of it. And she's just like, yeah, ripping clothes off the rack as she's just going through on this riding lawnmower. It's awesome. So then uh, Tom walks by and Jerry's sitting at his desk and he's just like, really, Jerry? Plastic surgery? And uh, then Jerry reveals that he was hit by a fire engine. <laughs> I don't even know when this happened, but he's just like, I was hit by a fire engine. Like he's embarrassed about it. So 
that's the episode practice date uh, on IMDb. This is an 8.2. This is the highest so far uh, from the, the series. We are, uh, what, 10 episodes in. It's good stuff here. So, all right. Well, as far as IMDb trivia, I don't have anything for you actually that I didn't already talk about. One is that it's the introduction of uh, Duke Silver. And then actually I will say this one because I feel terrible because I didn't talk about him. This is the first episode with Perd Happily. However, yeah, because he's the one that obviously he breaks the news about uh, Councilman Dexhart's scandal. And I don't know why. Maybe I thought Perd was already in, a, in an episode. That's why I didn't uh, write him down. But yeah, Perd played by Jay Jackson. He uh, will be in like 30 or so episodes. So you're going to hear a lot more about him. He's an amazing character. So that is going to wrap up this episode. Yeah, nice, uh, nice, quick, concise episode. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. If you'd like to contact me or the show, citizensofpawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at Podcast and at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Next week, I will be covering Season 2, Episode 5, Sister City. Again, thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian, and I'll see you next week. Diane jokingly says her middle name is Tammy. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me.